the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Max Out Savings Advisors. The views expressed during the broadcast are solely for entertainment purposes and do not necessarily express the views of KNTH, its management, Max Out Savings Advisors, or its sponsors. Max Out Savings Advisors and members of the Max Out Savings team may or may not hold securities mentioned during the show. Plan for your prosperity. Prepare for your retirement. Safeguard your savings. And nurture your investments. This is the Max Out Savings Show with Ted Gioka, a presentation of Max Out Savings Advisors. Now, here's your host from Max Out Savings Advisors, Ted Gioka. Good Saturday morning and welcome to the Max Out Savings Show. I'm Ted Gioka and we are talking savings, investments, and your retirement as always here on the Max Out Savings Show. Our motto and our philosophy is to save aggressively and invest conservatively. That's the key to building up wealth over the long term, to save aggressively and invest conservatively. A lot can be talking about on the show, as always, today, uh, what's happening with the economy, the markets, uh, with savings, the in in, in general, uh, you know, retirement and and building up wealth. And and so that's what the show is all about. This is a live show here in Houston, Texas, one of Houston's most popular financial radio shows. And you can always participate by uh, calling us at 713-339-1070. Another way you can participate is sign up for the free Max Out Savings Report newsletter. I will be sending out one this week on that. Uh, comes out once or twice a month, usually once a month, talking about savings and investment. A lot of neat things, a lot of interesting things in the report. Just go to the website, sign up for the free report. It is a free report. It's not. We're not like Facebook selling your information to everybody. And uh, this is a private newsletter. It's a private list, and uh, we don't bother you. Uh, we know your time's valuable, so we send this out about once a month. And I think you'll find it interesting. So just go to our website, maxoutsavings.com. That's maxoutsavings.com. Sign up for the free report. You know, what to talk about. Lots of things are happening ar- around the world. Uh, uh, the, the economy's picking up. Uh, th- things are looking good. Uh, the... the you know, we really seem to be in this shift. We've really been talking about this, this, this really shift from a financial economy led by financial engineering to the real economy, from a deflationary world to an inflationary world for a world where the the Federal Reserve floods the planet with money with the rest of the central banks and everything is great just because asset prices go up, although everyone's standard of living goes down, to a, to a more real world. And, and so there's bumps and changes along the way as this happens and and so you have to guard against that you have to continue to build up build up your retirement and and one way to do that is to continue to save aggressively i I came across a story here uh americans retirement benefits have been slashed employee contributions from 401k plan retiree health care benefits have fallen nine percent from 9% of workers paid to six, in 2001 to 6.8% in 2015. 
And retirement benefits, including employer contributions, pensions, 401k plans, and retiree health benefits, have fallen from 9.1% of worker pay to 6.8 in 2015. Spending on traditional pensions really has fallen 76% to less than 1% of worker pay. Uh, the, you know, and this just goes to show you that companies are cutting back. You know, in, in the world today, corporate executives aren't paid for building the company up. They're not paid for growing revenue. They're, they're really not paid for putting that company in a long-term position to grow. They're paid for earnings per share, and they're paid on stock price. And so they're going to cut. They're going to cut costs. They're going to fire workers. They're going to move plants overseas, whatever it takes to boost those all-important earnings up. Now, if the company blows up three years once they're out, later after they're out the door and cashed out in they're living in Malibu or uh, on Torrey Pines Golf Course or something, that's not their problem. And, and, and so... You know, we're now shifting back the other direction as as, as people are, are starting to see the damage done to the United States by this. We've seen, you know, we we've seen companies selling businesses divisions overseas. Last week, it was Whirlpool selling the compressor vision business to the Japanese, and and so the Japanese are going to get these key compressor business, which is a really good business, and. Uh, American workers will probably lose their jobs, and then. Uh, but the good thing is, Whirlpool gets a billion dollars, which they're going to spend a little over a billion on stock buyback programs to boost the price of the stock. Is it in the best interest of Whirlpool Corporation? Probably not. Over the long term, short term, absolutely. Is it the best interest of the United States? This has happened. Probably not. But again, this is the world we live in, and and this is. This is, you know, what we have to deal with. Fascinating. I listened to, I think it was CNBC. They had Jeffrey Sachs on there, who's a Harvard professor. Jeffrey Sachs is the genius that helped Russia privatize. Ask Russians how that came out. And, you know, basically the whole thing is now controlled by a bunch of uh, kleptocrats. And, and uh, but he's still around. And he had the most remarkable thing to say about our trade deficits. Really, really astonishing. I couldn't believe it. This is what we're up against in the world today. The American people in the United States is up against people like Jeffrey Sachs. And, and what he comes up with is he states that the reason why we have trade deficits with countries around the world is because the American people spend too much and they buy too much. And they're buying this stuff, and therefore we have a trade deficit. So... Jeffrey Sachs, we're supposed to ignore the fact that the the other potential reason we have trade deficits is, is because corporations have moved plant and equipment overseas to China and Mexico to cut cost. And then, in, so instead of producing the product here, it's produced over here, and then the American people buy the product. The reason we have trade deficits of this enormous size and magnitude over over the last 25 years has been because because Chinese companies have stolen American jobs, they've stolen technology, they've convinced American companies to move their, their plants overseas to save money, and, and corporations have, have done everything they can to save money. And, and in addition, the people around the world are all trying to get American jobs. And it, it's been too easy. We've actually have, and there's numerous, numerous instances of Chinese buying whole factories in the United States 
disassembling the factories, hiring the workers part-time to come to China to show the Chinese how to make the product, and then they make the product and ship it back, and our trade deficit goes up. Our trade deficit is is the way it is today for basically a couple reasons. Number one, the the basically the high religion of mercantilism coming out of China, which is thereafter to get every industry and control it in the in, and to be the number one supplier in the world in the next 25 years. And then also by the by our government and our corporations and the elite class in this country basically selling out American workers, selling out American citizens' future to get to cash in short term and, and to get into China, to get in, open up, get into Chinese markets and also to get into profit and to take money from the Chinese to sit there and smooth the way for this to happen to the United States. They've not watched out for the United States worker. They've not watched out for the future of the United States of America. That's why we have these trade deficits because We've allowed this stuff to go on. Look, 20 years ago, Jeffrey Sachs was right. We were importing too much stuff. Our standard of living was too high. But but not, what happened is is we've lost millions and millions of American jobs. Tens and hundreds of thousands of factories were shipped overseas. And, and then once the factories were overseas, then they became imports. And this is the reason why. And people like Jeffrey Sachs were going around shilling for the Chinese and, and for basically Harvard and the, and the globalist New World Order has basically badly damaged the American people badly damaged the future of the United States of America and absolutely betrayed the United States of America. But now Donald Trump is starting to fight back, fighting for working people, fighting for America first. Look, it sounds like I'm mad at the Chinese. I'm really not. I'm mad at the Chinese for stealing our technology. That's the one thing I'm mad about. I respect the Chinese because the Chinese people go, look, the government goes, look, we need jobs for our people. Otherwise, they'll revolt. You know, we could, you know, lose power and, and we have to build up China. We want to make China the greatest country in the world. That, you know, that's our destiny as China is to be the greatest country in the world. We have the most people. We're the smartest people. We have a we have a uh, a civilization that goes back 3000 years you know, I respect that. In this country, we have we have politicians and people in this country that basically sell out the United States to get into China. They don't look out for the – does anybody think the people in our Congress and the people in the establishment in particular in Washington, D.C. and New York City care anything about the people in, quote, flyover country? They don't. They don't care about them at all. And this is what we've gotten ourselves into. And, and, and so – it's important to understand this because if we don't identify the problems, we're, we're going to keep having. So what we have to do is we have to go to China. What? Look, you can't steal our technology. We want the products made in the United States of America. Apple, why aren't these Apple phones being produced in the United States? Remember, the, work, the factories of the future are going to be robotic. Once you have robotic factories, you lose the edge of cheap cheap workers because you need more high, highly advanced workers to support it. So those robotic factories of the future sh- are going to either be in the United States or they're going to be in China. And it's, it's time that the American people start fighting to get those factories in the United States of America. And if a politician in Washington, D.C., doesn't support that, they should be out of there. If they're a globalist and they don't support it, they should be gone. I don't care if they're Republican or if they're Democrat. They should be out of there. If you're representing the United States people, American people in Congress, you should fight for the American people. If you want to you you fight for globalism, go join the, the U.N.
you know, go join the UN, raise money for an army, and try to, you know, depose the president and take over the country. You know, that's my advice to the elite class in Washington, D.C. and New York. I got no use for them. They've disrespected the United States and our people, and it's a disgrace. Uh, anyway, so why did I do that, Ryan? You know, it, it, I, I just I, I read this stuff, and it, it it's just I, I look. I come up with all this stuff for saving, investing, the market, and then I go. I happen to flip through stuff. Here's another story I have. We're being flooded by immigrants from Latin America. This is from the Guardian. Breathtaking homicidal violence in Latin America in the grip of murder crisis. You know how many people have been murdered since 2000 in Latin America? Ryan, you want to guess this? Just give me a guess. (laughs) Come up with a number. You know, I don't know. What is there? There's like, uh, I don't know, three or four hundred million people there. Two and a half million people murdered. Yeah, yeah. Two and a half million. I, I, it's here in the Guardian. My, my only point is these are very violent places, and why are we letting all these people come into the United States? It, it's so bad in Brazil. There's politicians going, look, we need to legalize guns for all the citizens like they have in the United States because it's a safer place. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, it, it's, I mean, the murder, I never will forget. One time we went and vacationed in Honduras, and, and so we went down there. I was scuba diving. We went to this island. It was really nice, but we had to drive in from the capital. Uh, I forgot. I forgot the name of anyway. San Pedro Sula, I think, is what it was. Yeah. So we're leaving the final day, and we, you know, it, it's like we're trying to get there, and 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 so we we take our, our the, the 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 boat back over there, and and get there, and then rent a a cab, and there's only like a little bitty unair-conditioned Toyota, which we pile five people into, and it's just like we're driving down these roads, and fortunately we make it out alive and get to the airport, and and the flights are like at midnight, and somehow we never again will I do this. This was a long time ago, but we, my wife came up with this super cheap flight, and it it flew from there to, to 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 Miami, and then she figured out she could save more money by going to. But anyway, it was a nightmare. So we get to the airport. There's there's a uh, there's a fee. It's like twenty five dollars a person to leave the country. Some twenty bucks, whatever it was. It and so I said, well, I'll just go to the cash machine. There's no ATMs at the airport. And so here it is. It's at 11 o'clock at night, and I've got to take a cab back into the— San Pedro Sula had, like, the number two highest murder rate in the entire world. And I've got to take a a cab back into the city to try to find an ATM in the middle of the night. I thought for sure I was going to be killed. I finally got out of the place. It was a nightmare. But anyway, I mean, it's just— Understand what a great place the United States of America is, and we should protect it, and we should sit there and make it the greatest country in the world. And that that's the important thing. So anyway, uh, back over to savings and investments. I'll tell you what, we're going to take a quick break uh, after that fun, lighthearted first segment. <laughs> and uh, we'll be right back right here on the Max Out Savings Show.
won't you sleep? If you've got savings and investment questions, Ted Gioka has answers. Call the Max Out Savings Show now at 713-339-1070. We'll be right back. This is Ted Gioka, host of the Max Out Savings Show, one of Houston's most popular financial radio shows, celebrating over a decade on the air in Houston, Texas. With stocks at record high valuations and interest rates near record lows, you need to have your guard up. You need to have a plan to manage risk to your retirement. Do you? At Max Out Savings Advisors, we have a risk-based value investing approach to your retirement. If you would like some help managing your retirement, go to MaxOutSavings.com to set up an appointment. That's MaxOutSavings.com. Downtime with your family? That's good. Downtime for your hydraulics-enabled equipment? Not so good. Cranes, specialized haulers, bucket and digger trucks. When they're not working, you're losing ground and money. South Coast Hydraulics can monitor, service, and repair the hydraulic systems that keep your equipment working. South Coast can design and install hydraulic systems for mobile and industrial applications, tool or press systems, complete manufacturing lines. When you think hydraulics, think South Coast Hydraulics. SCHydraulics.com. Hi, I'm Sam Malone. You know me as the host of The Morning Show right here on AM 1070, The Answer. But I'm also the owner of Houston's cutting-edge media company called 512 New Media. At 512 New Media, we create amazing videos the companies use on their websites, telling their story in bold colors with exciting animation and graphics. At 512 New Media, we also shoot television commercials and instructional videos. And if you want to show off your business from the air, we're ready to go with our drone video aircraft. Let us help you create your media message. We're online at 512newmedia.com or call 281-822-8803. 512 New Media is Houston's only media creation and distribution company that's actually owned by someone who's currently on the air. And that gives us an incredible edge when creating content for consumers to use on their laptops, tablets, and smartphones. Standing by to create your message for 512 New Media, 512newmedia.com. The Max Out Saving Show returns now with your host, Ted Gioka. Welcome back to the Max Out Saving Show. We're talking savings investments in your retirement. Uh, tell you what, let's take a call from Larry here to 713-339-1070 here in the Max Out Savings Show. Hello, Larry. Hi, Ted. How are you today? Good. Thank you. I have a, a question. Since we're talking about China today and imports, um, my wife, when she drags me to the store, uh, I found a way to entertain myself by looking at the tags on the clothes in these stores to see where they come from. And a few years ago, it's like almost all of it came from China. But today, that doesn't seem to be the case. Uh, there's still a bunch from China, but I'm seeing a lot more from uh, Central America, uh, other parts of Asia, uh, the Middle East, you name it. So so what's going on here? Is, is China losing its dominance? Uh, yeah, uh, that, that's actually a good point, Larry. China is losing the low-cost they used to be the low-cost producer, but wages in China are going up. I, you know, I heard a number, the number of people making over $100,000 in China, it was a huge number. I actually remember what it was a comparison, but the number seems so high that, that, that I'm not even going to repeat it on the air. But it came from a pretty good source, a college professor. But it would, I mean, it's an enormous number compared to the population of the United States. It's a pretty good percentage because they have over a billion people. So they're making a lot of money. Their wages are going up in China. So the lower end stuff 
is is going elsewhere. And here's the, this is the real danger, Larry. So the Chinese, they're pretty smart people. They go, well, what are we going to do now? So they're working up the value chain to higher cost things like airplanes, artificial intelligence, robotics, uh, and things like that. And that's endangering the core of the of the of the uh, of the infrastructure of of the, of the industrial base of the United States. Okay, so so what does that mean then for the the working Chinese who depended on those low cost jobs? Are they just being bumped out. Yeah, they are. They have to move up the chain, so to speak, into more high value jobs. And so instead of selling cheap shirts or something, they'll put together computers or watches or or things that are a little more expensive, where you don't have it, the labor's not as is as, as, as menial. Okay, okay, thanks a lot. I mean, that, that's actually a good point. So a lot of this stuff is going elsewhere in the world, and that's what the Chinese are dealing with. Uh, fascinating story. The Germans suddenly woke up. I forgot the name of the company, but the biggest robotic company in, in Germany, all of a sudden they woke up one day, and the Chinese had bought a huge chunk of, of, of the company. And, and that all of a sudden the Chinese, the Germans woke up that, hey, they're, they're coming after our business too. And, and so this is what we're dealing with in the world. I mean, they're trying to be a leader in robotics and stuff. But good, good question, Larry. Okay. Thanks again. The the no, I mean that's that's what it is, and, and a lot of it. So so the cheaper stuff is uh, is really starting to be produced elsewhere, and, and this, this this is really the problem. And so I mean, I, look, I think we're making progress. Uh, Trump met with Angela Merkel, who's like number two on the biggest. You know, they, we imported a massive amount of stuff from Germany as well, and uh, Germany and in in China really are the most mercantilist people around. Really, where they'll do everything they can to 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 export to produce as much product and export, and they throw up roadblocks to to get in, so you can't import into their countries. and And so this is what we're working on. Uh, interesting story here today. Uh, I came across twenty five percent of people in a survey felt like they could live comfortably on Social Security. This is a people 50 and over, so we're not talking millennials, but this is people 50 and over, people who in theory should be should be pretty sharp, They 25%. Now, there might not be anything bad with that survey because that might be about right. Here's the problem with the survey. They surveyed people making over $150,000 a year. So these are people in pretty highly paid jobs, and 25% of them are delusional enough to believe that Social Security is going to cover their retirement. And it's this is the medium household income is $58,000, and Social Security will only, of high earners, which is probably the 150, it only replaces 27% of your wages. Uh, on Social Security. So it, it shows you just how really in denial many people are on retirement and the importance of building up retirement and saving for retirement. And as we talked about is if you're in your 50s, now's the time to ramp up your savings to increase the savings, put away an additional up 10% or 15%, if, you know, bump it to 10%, maybe get it to 15%. Uh, we, we talked about, we, we talked to clients, a number of clients here uh, last couple of weeks who come in or uh, potential clients. We talked about the importance of making sure your house is paid off close to retirement. Again, that's one more expense you don't have. It does. If you're going to retire at, at uh, 68 years old, it doesn't have to be paid off at 68 by 70 or 71. Just make sure it's paid off. And then your house is paid off and that's one less thing you have to do. 
plan for retirement, do the things you can control. If you're going to be behind, then work on reducing your expenses, getting your house paid off, and minimizing. So once you retire, you have just that many less. If you're going to be renting, your costs are always going to be going up with inflation. If you own your house, that part of it is set in place. And so you get a house, you can afford to have it paid off, and then you can live the next 30 years and don't have to make a house payment. That's huge for retirement. Uh, so <clears throat> keep retirement simple. Look at it on a very simple basis, and then you can understand it and you can make your choices. How much am I saving? Do I have enough? Should I increase my savings? Is my house going to be paid off? What can I do you know, for retirement? And that, that's some of the key things. Let's tell you what. Let's take a call from Jerry. Hello, Jerry. How are you doing? Doing great, Ted. And you're right. This is uh, the best financial show in Houston. Yeah. I had a question. Interest rates, um, and if you were building a bond ladder, uh, a municipal bonds um, primarily, what would that bond ladder look like today? I tell you what, I would probably, right now, I'd keep it like, I would do a no more than 10 year bond ladder in here. In seven to 10. Yeah, shorter term. Maturities, okay. Shorter term maturities or uh, duration in that range? Yeah, uh, that would be the top duration. You know, okay. You know, uh, look, my my big fear is, is somewhere down the way we get a big inflation, and so if you if you have that shorter term, you can you can deal with it a little bit better. It, the, the the big inflation probably won't start up. I mean, if it was going to happen for sure, it'd be probably two three years from now. You know, start it if I could just it would, but. But by then, you, you're going to have part of your bonds coming back up, and you can react a little bit. So that's what I would do. It's a pretty flat yield curve right now, which means you can get pretty close to what you're getting on a 10-year uh, in, in a three-year or two-year bond. And so it's not a bad time to put that ladder in place. Uh, if you want to be a little more conservative, just do a seven-year ladder and then kind of okay. see, see how that works. That's what I would do. Uh, for municipal bonds, keep them in the south. Keep them in the in in the the the, the Midwest, away from Illinois. And uh, you know, you what you want is red state bonds because those people tend to be more conservative with their money, and, and they don't don't they tend not to have the huge pension problems that Illinois, Chicago, uh, yeah. New York have. Places New Jersey. Yeah, and my thought process is tax rates are probably going to go up if you as much money as we're spending. Yeah, municipal bonds aren't a bad place to be right now. They really aren't. But I would okay, do the shorter, okay, well. shorter term bond ladder. I wouldn't do the. Th- My big fear is in the future you you get it. There was a big IMF uh, presentation this week, which I'll maybe cover a little later. We've got 167 trillion dollars worth of debt in the world today. It works out something like fifty thousand dollars per person on the planet, and this debt's going to blow up. Yeah, and when it does. You you want to be shorter terms so you can deal with it without I, I I think how it's going to ultimately resolve itself is going to be inflation. You bet. Okay. Great great show, Ted. Appreciate you. Thank you, Jerry. Tell you what, let's take a call from Charles to seven one three 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 nine ten seventy here in the Max Saving Show. Yeah. Good morning. Uh, good morning I just Charles. wanted to offer a comment uh, that you were talking about just earlier on the. Uh, Social Security, you know, with $150,000. And I think with uh, respect to people that are going to be retiring with an income of either 100 to 150 in that that realm, one thing that sometimes gets forgotten is I don't think you can really have a discussion of Social Security without talking about the Medicare premiums that go with it. And I think the thing of it is, is since, you know, the thresholds for being taxed on Social Security are rather low in the 34000 to 
60, $65,000 range, depending on marital status. I think the problem here is is that uh, people are going to be in for a rude awakening because in that bracket of retirement income, first of all, that you know, 85% of their Social Security will be subject to tax, and then number two, with that type yeah. of income, they're going to find themselves in the highest premium for Medicare, and that that to me is not that's continually going up. So the point is, is that I think people are going to realize that that Social Security money is just not going to go very far when it's all said and done. Yeah. No. Look. I mean, this is this is the this is yeah. No. That that's a real problem. I mean, Social Security. I mean, the, the Medicare. I want to say uh, the average sixty-six-year-old couple will require fifty-nine percent of their Social Security benefits just to cover their health care costs or retirement. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No. I mean, that that's really what you're dealing with, Charles. Good point. Okay. That's all. I'll- all right. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, look, that, this is the problem. You really have to make sure you plan for your retirement and just don't depend on Social Security. Now, look, my, one of my favorite all-time calls was a lady a number of years back. She called up, and I didn't have a screener then. I took the call, and I thought she was going to complain to me about something I said about the Obama administration. Instead, she she starts laying out the case that that she had – what was it? Her house, she cashed out her IRA, which was worth like $129,000. Mike, oh my gosh, what a disaster, and paid the taxes. She should have never done that. And and I didn't want to kind of, I just sort of said, well, that's not the best way to do it. It's going to cost you a lot. And I didn't want to beat up on, on the lady. And, and she goes, well, here's what I've done. I've paid off my house. It sounded like she lived in a poor house worth about $35,000. But she goes, I paid my house off. I can live on my Social Security alone. And there was a person with not a lot of money at all. The truth of the matter, at first glance, she had no chance in the world for a decent retirement. But she lived in such a frugal way in a simple house, and she paid off her house, and then she could live within the Social Security. So people on lower income can do it. Uh, you know, don't don't be disillusioned, but it's important. But she did have enough saved up, so she had enough for a big rainy day fund. And that's even even if you're way behind, you still have to have that. But if you're in that hundred fifty thousand dollar bracket, you better start saving money. Exactly. Good. Okay, good call. Thank you. Thanks. Tell you what, uh, we've got. Uh, do we have a call? Is that Larry or Larry? Uh, yes, yeah, sir. Yeah, you had a question for us. Yeah, yes, sir. Uh, you said in a couple of years you think inflation is going to pick up drastically because of the debt problem we have worldwide. Yes. My, my question would be at my age, I'm 70 and been retired about 10 years from the post office. And uh, okay. uh, I have about 30% in the market, and the rest are in CDs, short term CDs. Would, would you say at that point, two years from now, you'd be totally out of the market, somebody like me? Yeah, no. Here's the reason why. Are you married, Larry? Yes, sir. I can hear you. Okay. Uh, no, are you married? Oh no, I'm single. Okay, all right. Well, even then, you you probably have a, you know, you probably got seventy. You, you got a good chance of living to be ninety. That's another twenty years, and so you need to have a little bit in the market. Look, we're right now we're very bearish on the market. We've got a lot of cash and bonds and very short term stuff right now. So, okay. but yeah, I I think. The danger is if with stocks is you ever get a big inflation, you'll get hurt some, but at least you can ride it through. When you come out the other side, your stocks will start really accelerating and take you back up kind of to where you were. And so you want you, you don't want to completely get into into fixed income because if that inflation, it could it could wipe out that that value, whereas there's always value in Exxon Corporation or, or these big corporations. Right. So keep. 
pretty much keep the 30% or maybe lower it a little bit. Yeah, I think so. Right now, uh, the market's high, so I'd, you know, take, uh, you know, maybe lower it a little bit, but you really need to have some stock exposure because you can get good stocks paying 3 4% dividends, and they're going to grow over the long term. Yes, sir. Appreciate the advice. Thank okay, you. Larry. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. How I, how I think this thing is going to play out with inflation is these central banks are eventually going to come in here, and they're going to have to do something when the when the economy start going down, interest rates are low, so they're going to try to flood the system with money. They're trying to buy back assets. Eventually, there's so much debt that someone's going to make a mistake, and you're going to see a currency blow up. In that point in time, you probably you're going to see more money printing, and that's the big danger you have. I, I think the central banks have really backed themselves into a corner, and the, the Fed is at least trying to get out of it. The ECB still has negative rates ten years after recovery. Uh, our economy is accelerating right now. We're looking good. Uh, they're not. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Tell you what, let's we we'll take a break. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. And by the way, if you haven't signed up for our free Max Out Savings Report, now's the time to do it. Just go to our website, maxoutsavings.com. That's maxoutsavings.com. The Max Out Saving Show with Ted Gioka will return shortly. To speak with Ted Gioka now, call 713-339-1070. Back in a moment with the Max Out Saving Show. This is Ted Gioka, host of the Max Out Saving Show, one of Houston's most popular financial radio shows, celebrating over a decade on the air in Houston, Texas. With stocks at record high valuations and interest rates near record lows, you need to have your guard up. You need to have a plan to manage risk to your retirement. Do you? At Max Out Savings Advisors, we have a risk-based value investing approach to your retirement. If you would like some help managing your retirement, go to MaxOutSavings.com to set up an appointment. That's MaxOutSavings.com. Downtime with your family? That's good. Downtime for your hydraulics-enabled equipment? Not so good. Cranes, specialized haulers, bucket and digger trucks. When they're not working, you're losing ground and money. South Coast Hydraulics can monitor, service, and repair the hydraulic systems that keep your equipment working. South Coast can design and install hydraulic systems for mobile and industrial applications, tool or press systems, complete manufacturing lines. When you think hydraulics, think South Coast Hydraulics. SCHydraulics.com. Hi, I'm Sam Malone. You know me as the host of The Morning Show right here on AM 1070, The Answer. But I'm also the owner of Houston's cutting-edge media company called 512 New Media. At 512 New Media, we create amazing videos the companies use on their websites, telling their story in bold colors with exciting animation and graphics. At 512 New Media, we also shoot television commercials and instructional videos. And if you want to show off your business from the air, we're ready to go with our drone video aircraft. Let us help you create your media message. We're online at 512newmedia.com or call 281-822-8803. 512 New Media is Houston's only media creation and distribution company that's actually owned by someone who's currently on the air. And that gives us an incredible edge when creating content for consumers to use on their laptops, tablets, and smartphones. Standing by to create your message for 512 New Media, 512newmedia.com. We return now to the Max Out Savings Show. Here's Ted Gioka. 
Welcome back to the Max Out Savings Show. We're talking savings investments in your retirement. Uh, by the way, remember, if you haven't had a chance, go to our website, sign up for the free newsletter, or you can sit down. Uh, you can sign up for a request an appointment to sit down with me, and we'll go over your retirement. But the but the newsletter is free. Just go to the website maxoutsavings.com. That's that Max Out Savings with an S. And uh, we had one of our listeners, Laura. Uh, Called up the the robotic company, the German robotic company is KUKA. I think I've pronounced that right. And uh, Medea was the Chinese company that took a big interest in them, and they're doing some joint ventures now. This really woke up the Germans. Then they suddenly realized their their number one robotic company was suddenly close to being controlled by the Chinese. And and it just shows you how determined the Chinese are to dominate different sectors in the market. Funak, I think, is the best robotic company in the world. It's a Japanese company. Interesting story about that. Funak, in the robotic factories, if you go in there, there's no computer. You can't email in and text in. Those factories are sealed off. And so they, they so uh, spies can't get in there and they can't be hacked. And so you can't access your email in those factories in, in their facilities. They, they, they're really walled off, which I think in the future is what most is going to be the future of much of corporate America uh, is I think you're going to see more and more of this. I'm not completely convinced that every company should have all their secrets on the cloud. But and FUNAC is really a leader. They don't want people spying on what they're doing. And they're very, very closed off uh, to, to, to protect that and to the point they do not have the computers in the factories with the outside lines going back and forth so so people can hack into them interesting story uh markets this week uh a lot of earnings big earnings this week a lot of positive earnings listen to the exxon call exxon missed some uh the uh Refining margins are holding up really good at Exxon. They missed a little bit. Uh, interesting, their their cash flow goes up about a half a billion dollars for every dollar oil prices go up. Uh, Chevron beat uh, in, and did really well. That one did well. Exxon didn't do quite as well. They're both doing well in their own areas. Um, although one of the things that bothers me a little about Exxon is is they get a, a over twenty percent of their cash flow comes from. Uh, from the Qatar uh, gas fields, and you almost worry if something, if 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 a war ever breaks out in the Middle East, that you're gonna have to watch Exxon a little bit uh, if those if those gas fields are threatened. But uh, I think both of the companies are really starting to operate. Exxon really made a big commitment to boost shareholder value, and they really read most of these companies now instead of going for production growth, are going for production. A lot of them, they're going for profit growth, which means rather than just if if they can sit there and produce, uh, let's say, ten thousand barrels a day, or 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 they can produce eight thousand barrels a day and make more money, they're going to go with the eight thousand barrels. They're really going for the profitable oil fields versus the unprofitable oil fields just to produce production growth. So that's one of the big shifts that's happening throughout the oil business. Is you're seeing the the companies are really trying to go for profit growth and trying to produce the lower cost oil. The, uh, the the projects they can make money on versus just taking a project they might not make any money on, but they get the production growth. And so I think over the long term, that's going to be very good good for the oil companies. I think the big oils, Exxon, Chevron, a lot of them been, have been subject to selling by some of the institutions that have drank the global warming Kool-Aid that we won't need oil in 10 years out there. I mean, we've been hearing this for decades, <clears throat> and so... I'm not sure that's the case. Even if you want to sit there and take it to to what 
you know, the, the, the far left thinks is going to happen. If you look what's happened to cigarettes, and Philip Morris did nothing but go straight up while cigarettes production dropped. So so I, I, I think, you know, I, 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 I don't believe in any shape or form or fashion, you know, the energy oil business is dead. I think oil is a very valuable commodity. It's used in everything from gasoline to plastics to chemicals and everything in between. And so, but, but uh, Exxon missed. Chevron uh, beat, uh, so Chevron's doing a little better. Uh, their 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 capex is dropping off, and some of their big plants are coming through. Uh, so we a lot of conference calls. Some of the other themes we're hearing in the calls. We've been talking about this in the show for the last month or so. Inflation, our shipping costs are going up. Cost of of, of construction is going up. Workers' wages are going up. We're having trouble getting uh, commodities. Commodity prices are going up. Uh, we bottlenecks, shipping bottlenecks. We're hearing lots of that. Things things indicative of strong economy and inflation. So you're starting to really hear those. Uh, we had uh, the uh, wages came out. The, the GDP was better. It came in at 2.3%. And uh, wages, wages went up 2.7%, up 0.9% in the quarter. This is the strongest growth since 2007 for wages. So we're continuing to see that inflationary trend come through on Wall Street. And so this is something we're, <clears throat> we're looking at here. Uh, I need some water here. This is a live show. <laughs> uh, one of the trend. okay, <clears throat> a couple things here. We talk, Earnings are looking good, and uh, they're coming through good. We're seeing more inflation. Economy's picking up, wages are going up, companies are spending more on plant and equipment. Now, one thing we're starting to, to see is that's good. You say, hey, Ted, this is great. The market's going up. Now, I, I saw a story. Joseph Granville, who's a famous technician, you know, back in the 70s, a brilliant technician, The he, one of his, he did some research, and, and stocks peaked about nine months before earnings peaked. I'm going to repeat that. Stocks peaked nine months before earnings peaked. It wasn't the other way around where earnings peaked and then nine months later the stock market went down. The stock market is a discounting mechanism, so it's always looking forward into the future. And so this doesn't mean the fact that earnings are looking good, the economy is looking good, doesn't mean the market's up and away in the market. Well, i tell you some interesting things we saw, particularly on Friday. Google reported a monster, monster I mean uh, Amazon reported a monster number. Uh, Intel reported good numbers. Microsoft reported good numbers. I mean, things were great. Amazon blew the numbers off. They're raising the price of the Amazon Prime. And, uh, before, you know, b- about five days before this, they released that they had 100 million Amazon Prime listeners so everybody, or, or subscribers. So everybody knew that. And then they announced they're raising the 20%. So blew the numbers out. Fantastic numbers from Amazon. Amazon goes up 120 something dollars. It, and then it, it peaks at $1,638, but then it reverses down, and in, 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 it still ends up $54 on the day, but it was only at 1572 So it went up, hit the high, and then started selling off. Same thing happened with Intel. Intel went up, skyrocketed up, and then it reversed course after reporting good earnings. It broke out to a new high, and then it came back down. Microsoft broke out. Great earnings, boom, new high, fantastic. By the end of the day, it went underneath the high and ended up just up a little bit. And so 
you had a lot of really were kind of reversals uh, in all these stocks in here. And we saw this with Caterpillar. Wow, great earnings. Boom, Caterpillar explodes higher and it reverses and it has a big sell down. And so even with good earnings, we're starting to see companies sell off on the earnings, even after breaking out with new highs. And the reason that's important is typically when a stock breaks out, everybody jumps on board once it breaks out above the new high. That's not what happened. The stock broke out on a new high on on heavy volume, on great earnings, and then people started selling into it because they could get out and dropped it down. That's a market where there's a lot of big institutional sellers coming in and uh, taking advantage, and that's telling you that they're selling in this market, which is what we continue to, to see happen. I It, it really it, it looks like to us that there's still a lot of selling in this market, and, and I think it's something we want to kind of watch closely. Uh, we're, we're in a trading range. We've, we've talked about the importance of the market being underneath the the 50-day moving average and the 100-day moving average. And it, it, and that's pretty much, you know, it's still the S&P still under the 50-day, and it, it's something we want to continue to watch. But but companies are coming out with blowout numbers, and then they're gapping up and then closing down or closing cl- closer to where they open. And that's that's not a positive sign for the market. So this is something to think about. The other big thing that happened this week was interest rates popped over the 3% for the first time in a while, and uh, 3% on the 10-year, which is kind of a big uh, thing people are watching. And then it kind of backed a little underneath it. But overall, wait, uh, you know, wages are going up. The Fed's going to be meeting here in a couple weeks. They're going to have to maybe raise rates or not. But they're still under pressure because the economy's coming in better than expected. Wages are going up more than expected. Inflation's at 2.5%. A lot of things are happening here, uh, which are very positive for the economy. Uh, very positive for for wages, but not so positive for the stock market because interest rates are going up and the Fed is being forced to tighten. And and we've seen this. The we've seen short term bonds, long term bonds. We we had had a caller talk about a a bond ladder, and I mentioned that the yield curve is flat, which means you get about three percent on the on the ten uh, year, and then if you go out to the two year, it's just around two percent. So it's there's not much difference, and it's it's getting more and more up there. It's a little over two percent. So so really, right now, uh, you can get over two percent probably from about eighteen months to ten years between 2 and 3%. And, and so flattening yield curve, interest rates going up, which is not a positive for stock prices. So something to watch. Tell you what, we're coming up here at the last segment of the show. If you've got any questions or comments, get, you can get in here now at 713-339-1070. That's 713-339-1070 here on the Max Out Savings Show. I wanted to work back over to the to the, the, this IMF story that came out this week about the the 164 trillion dollars worth of debt, uh, the the global debt now stands at 225 percent of GDP. I mean, really, the only time we've seen these things is right after World War II. Uh, and the disconcerting thing about that number is it's up 43 percent from 2007. And why that's kind of disappointing is. Keep in mind, in 2009, our financial system, without the help of the Federal Reserve, would have collapsed, period. The banks would have shut down, and and commerce would have ground to a halt, but they came in and rescued it. And so even after that, typically people sort of get religion and say, I won't ever have any debt. When I got in this business a long time ago, back in the 80s, 
I remember I would talk to people on the phone. They go, look, Ted, I went through the depression. I, I, I don't buy stocks. I remember what happened. Well, these people literally a 10 years, less than eight years later, they've forgotten all about the debt problems and they've dumped, they've added 43% more percentage of debt uh, from two to, from uh, they've taken it up to 225, 43% of GDP more. That's a concern in here. So we got a, a bunch of phone calls. Let's take a call from Mary. Hello, Mary. How are you doing? Hello. Good. Um, good morning, Chad. I have uh, uh, a couple hundred uh, uh, stocks of uh, Spring, and I I heard that Spring and T-Mobile they they got you know they they kind of you know go into merging uh, merge. So um, so what happened on on, fri- on Friday? Spring was uh, was up like a six seven percent, and then after market it dropped six seven percent. Well, what's what's going on? What is happening? Oh. Okay, that the, the rumors came out there was a deal was imminent and it ran up. I think the deal's closer to six and a half dollars, uh, where they're going to put the two companies together, which could be okay. a little underneath where the stock price is. Over the long term, this is very bullish for Sprint and T-Mobile because they have huge synergies between the two. Instead of having a Sprint store and a T-Mobile store, they can just have one store, and they can just they can they can combine and run their networks together. So instead of needing two antennas, you just need one antenna. And and this all comes about. This is required because of the f- uh, upcoming ex- build out of five G networks, which is going to be a huge game changer. So, but the but to get you back to your question, the reason why is is because uh, the, it's a little probably underneath the price what people were hoping. But this is this deal's been talked about for a long time, so the stock sprint was up because of it. Okay, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Okay, thanks, Bye-bye. Mary. Let's take a call to Bill from to seven one three 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 nine ten seventy. Hello, Bill. How are you doing? Fine, Ted. A uh, question for you. Uh, you mentioned oil stocks and uh, earnings and so forth with ExxonMobil and and Shell and some of these other companies. Do you think they're a good buying opportunity right now? Ah, uh, you know, I I, tell, I think they are. I think they are. I, I I really I don't think the big majors have moved up very much in here, and I think they're also in a transition phase where they're dealing with these lower oil prices and they're resetting their 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 operations from hundred ninety hundred dollar let's say eighty hundred dollar oil to maybe fifty five to seventy five dollar oil. So over time I think they're reasonably good. I think Exxon was yielding close to four percent right now. Shell's got a good dividend. Uh you know Chevron Chevron is really their their CapEx is really falling off now that they, that the Gorgon and the Wheatstone project's going. Yeah, I, I think I think they're probably reasonably good buys in here. Uh, you know, not just barn burners, but I think because they haven't moved up as much as oil has moved up as well. So yeah, I, I think I think they are, and I think they're going to continue to make good progress. Okay, well, thank you for the question. Okay, thanks, Bill. Yeah, look, I think what these companies are going to do is they they realize they're going to be in a slower growth, lower oil price going forward, and I think over time the, the, these big companies they're like aircraft carriers, and it takes a while to turn them around. And, and so I, I think they're in the middle of the restructurings of these companies, and so yeah, I think they're pretty good buys here. The uh, so we talked earlier a little bit about uh, China. Uh, China. China is the biggest debt uh, group out there, uh, the, the highest debt country out there. Just they have huge debt problems in their corporations. They're going to try to paper them over. 
But I, I think this is something we want to watch and see how this is going to go. It's going to be tough for China. The IMF said we're the only country over the next five years whose debt levels are projected to go up because of our deficit spending and our tax cuts. Look, I don't believe that, number one. Uh, these other countries, a couple things, their debts are going down because the Europeans are artificially keeping their rates too low so that their deficits aren't really what they are. I think ours is a more real number. And this is the crux of the whole thing. Will we get growth? Will the United States go from a 2% or one5 to 2% growing economy to say maybe a 2 Two or 2.5% to 3% growth economy. If it does, we're going to get more growth, we're going to get more jobs, we're going to get more things happening, and we're going to get more taxes coming in, and our debts won't, deficits won't be as high. But overall, I think it should be pretty good for the United States. Tell you what, running out of time here. If you haven't had a chance, go to our website, maxoutsavings.com. Sign up for the free report, and we'll see you next week right here on the Max Out Savings Show. And remember that motto and philosophy is to save aggressively and invest conservatively. This has been the Max Out Savings Show with Ted Gioca, a presentation of Max Out Savings Advisors. Join us next Saturday at 10 a.m. for the Max Out Savings Show with Ted Gioca on AM 1070. The answer. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.